You're listening to the Illustration Hour podcast, an interview podcast where I talk to illustrators, art directors, and agents about the craft and business of illustration. My name is Julia Dufossé, and I'm an editorial and commercial illustrator based in Chicago. And I'm chatting with creatives within the world of illustration to learn about their process, the challenges they faced along the way, and how to succeed as an illustrator today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Illustration Hour podcast, the show where I talk to people who create for a living. I'm your host, Julia Defosse. Uh, if you're new to the show, welcome and thank you for joining us. This week has been tough for me. I've been just feeling stuck creatively and struggling to get stuff done. You know, it's the kind of week where nothing feels resolved or done. It doesn't happen to me that much, but it's so awful when it does. But enough complaining. I'm hoping to turn this around this coming week and just to get out of this bad funk. Uh, the most important thing when you're feeling like this, I think, is to just keep going. This week, I'm welcoming a really interesting, fascinating creative to the show, the illustrator Elena Xalsa. This episode of the show is sponsored by my newsletter, Art Club, which is a weekly roundup of links, books, and helpful resources for visual creatives. Check it out at illustrationhour.com forward slash newsletter. And if you enjoy the show, please consider helping me spread the word by sharing the show with others and leaving a review and rating on iTunes. So back to the show now. Um, my guest today is Elena Xausa. That's X-A-U-S-A. You can find her at elenaxalsa.com or at elenaxalsa on Instagram. Elena is an Italian illustrator who has worked with clients like the New York Times, The New Yorker, Apple, and Monocle on editorial and commercial projects of all kinds. Elena's witty approach and her colorful and bold style has helped her to build a reputation as a smart interpreter of culture. Elena has been freelancing for a while now, and she's moved several times, taking her work with her as she went from Venice to Berlin to Brooklyn more recently. So we chat about the ebbs and flows of freelance life, how Elena approaches assignments and gets unstuck, and what she does to keep herself motivated. We delve into a real work example of a New Yorker commission, and I have Elena walk me through her exact process and her back and forth with the art director. This was a really interesting glimpse into Elena's approach, and it will give you a very clear idea of what it's like to work as an editorial illustrator with big publications like The New Yorker. We also talk about how Elena's start, how she handled criticism and putting her work out there in the beginning. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with the wonderful Elena Xausa. Elena, so I want to have you start uh, the way I usually start, which is I always ask people how they describe what they do to people outside the creative world. So if you meet somebody uh, and they ask you, what do you do? Um, what do you usually say? Uh, most of the to most of the people, um, I usually say that uh, 
I'm always at drawing and I draw for magazines. That's the easier way to explain my job. Mm -hmm. Saying that uh, I'm illustrating for magazines and editorial stuff. And when, uh, when someone is very confused because they are just not used to think of illustration as a job in itself, I just say, I'm a graphic designer. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> That's something people do a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially with, I mean, it's, it's a pretty new job. It's something that was not existing for a while, so it's very, it's fresh and uh, still fresh even if uh, the story is long. And, uh, yeah, most people are just get better the idea of, you know, just... A designer, yeah. That, just a designer, yeah. yes. How, uh, do people usually ask you what, what your uh, illustrations look like, what your style is? Yeah, they, they, they also ask it. And I always say that my illustrations are very simple, very graphical and minimal and uh, with a touch of uh, pop influence. Um, a pop and, uh, art, are you saying? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, and this comes mostly from the use of colors yeah. uh, that, uh, yeah, that I usually take, uh, take in my illustration. And also like the bold outlines sometimes also. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, so I know you recently moved to Brooklyn. Um, yes. And I know, I, I think you've lived uh, several places in the past few years, right? You. Yeah, I was moving a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Where have you lived in the, in the past few years? I lived in, uh, I started uh, living in, uh, the first time I lived by myself was uh, in Venice. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I moved to Berlin. And at the beginning was just a vacation. Uh, I thought of staying like for a couple of months, and then uh, I, I, I don't know why, but I ended up <laughs> living there for four years and a half. Well, Berlin is super uh, vibrant when you're creative, I think too. Yeah, it's uh, and it's so much spontaneous and. Uh, mm -hmm. It's so much fun, of course, and the quality of life is very high there. Yeah. And then uh, after a while, I just, uh, I felt like moving back to Italy. So I stayed for a couple of years in Milan. Mm -hmm. Then I had this break and uh, I moved to my parents' place because <laughs> I wanted to save some money because I was applying or uh, the the visa to move to the US. Yeah. And they, it's a pretty expensive process. Uh, yeah. And it, it takes uh, up to six months, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So I just moved to my family place and uh, was... Saving uh, and preparing for the move. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I just came here, like, uh, it was uh, last May, so basically like uh, three months ago. And uh, yeah. I'm here now. <laughs> that's yeah, that's really cool. And I mean, living in so many different places, I guess, um, do you find that illustration allows you to communicate with people that you don't when you don't necessarily speak the language or you're not totally fluent in the language? Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really always surprised by the 
by by what uh, illustration, but by how illustration has helped me in moving. I mean, I always, uh, whenever I moved to a different country, for example, the, the hardest thing was to move to Germany because, of course, Germany is very hard. It's a very hard to Complicated learn. language, yeah. Yeah, it's very complicated. And, uh, you know, going there with my illustration portfolio and having me things with my <laughs> broken English, uh, <laughs> it, it totally worked. And I was so much surprised by it. And it's also happening here, of course, that uh, people trust me because they know I'm doing, I'm doing good in illustration. And, and they, I uh, mean, I guess the point also is that they they get it like they still get what you, your illustration says no matter yeah uh, uh, especially nowadays that uh, somehow the symbols uh, and the meanings and science are pretty much like uh, uh it's a common language the visual yeah. language is a common language and uh, nowadays that the globalization is that stronger it's it's way more easier to have uh, like uh, a common language and to understand the same kind of uh, visual references. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a lucky job in a lucky time. I, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, because there's quite a few of the illustrators that I've talked to that are pretty nomadic, or like at least they are not afraid of moving different places, and they can do it. Um, yeah. Which is really nice. Um, but you were born in Italy in Verona, right? Yeah, yeah. I was born in Verona, but I was just born there. Oh, you didn't live there, okay? No. Um, I, I after a couple of weeks, my family moved to a small town close to Verona, still okay. from the same area. So very short stay in Verona. <laughs> very short stay, but I still have parents, relatives. Uh, sorry, relatives there. Uh huh. And uh, yes, we moved to where my dad is from. That is a small town. It's called Marostica. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, very well known because of a chess play oh. they do in this uh, chess square. Okay. <laughs> they basically, real people are dressing up as bows and they oh, play. Oh, they like, dress up <laughs> as pieces and, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, it's uh, such a funny fact uh, that uh, my grand grandfather was the one that, uh, um, you know, r restored this, uh, reestablished this uh, tradition of uh, having this uh, game again. Of like human the, chess, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was some, a tradition that went completely lost with the World War. Yeah. So he was major and uh, mayor, and he came up with this idea of uh, having it again. And uh, yeah, this it's a very small town. It's at the foot of the mountains. Yeah. And uh, it's surrounded by nature, and uh, maybe that's why I really love nature. Also, <laughs> right now, uh, it's uh, here in Brooklyn. It's really mist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, whenever I have uh, the chance, uh, I always like to escape the city for a couple of days. Did you did you always draw growing up, or not really? Uh, when I was a kid, I was always at drawing. I really love it. 
But during high school, I was, uh, you know, just, I was doing this high school that was very demanding. And uh, I was, uh, was, I was keeping it just by a side, uh, like a yeah. passion. And then with university, everything came up again. Yeah. And uh, so that's when I started to draw again. <laughs> yeah, because you went to university to study product design. Is that, is that right? Or... Yes, it was product design. Yeah. yeah, it was a bachelor. Why did you Why did you want to study product design? Why not, um, you know, graphic design or illustration? Uh, the thing was that I was a lot into product design because uh, um, because I think this comes from my dad. Yeah, my dad has an outdoor store, and uh, he is a a real maker. He's uh, designing his own furniture, like uh. building up things. Uh, and uh, during summers, I was always uh, helping him at the store. So I was wait. Very... So you mean product design, as in like not like UX design, but like industrial design? Industrial design. Oh, exactly. okay. Because like here, re- sometimes when people say product design, they mean um, they mean like more apps and like software. Ah, okay, okay. So that's what I thought, but yeah, that's really interesting. So it was more like furniture, like material kind of design, yeah. Exactly, like uh, everyday objects. Yeah, 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 that's uh, really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's why I just decided to, you know, to to express my pragmatical side, let's call it this way, and just to go there. But yes, keep in mind that it was just a bachelor. So at the end, you on for example already in the second year you had courses very important courses of graphic design so yeah. it, at the end it was kind of a mixture right yeah yeah of course you learn some uh, skills that are very useful in in design yeah exactly um, yeah so your dad makes furniture is that what you said mm. yes sorry i was having some water oh that's okay uh, <laughs> so he you grew up with are both your parents creative or it's just no, your dad who it's just my dad you know it's pretty it's a, a regular guy it's not you know it's not like a crazy designer it's just a no but there's regular... like but there's a certain amount of like creativity yeah, that goes into it is, though yeah and craft yeah, i guess and, and craft and for example my mother she's a teacher of english mm. and uh she, uh, she Okay, maybe she's not super creative, but she's really good at drawing, like, oh, uh, you know, yeah. realistic drawing. I would call like that a, creative. I mean, I think that that is creative in a way. That not everyone keeps drawing when they're uh, adults, I think. Exactly. And, uh, and she really has, uh, like, uh, she's really disciplined in that. Yeah. So she... she I don't know. She has, yeah, very strong discipline, I would say, yeah. about this. Yeah. So, so that's the kind of environment. Yeah. So I you learn from. to be kind of rigorous from your mom and, and from your dad. Maybe you observed him really embracing your yeah. craft or. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah. So after you graduated from university, I mean, first of all, during university, did you realize that you wanted to be more of an illustrator and not so much design furniture or 
did that happen later? Like, when did that happen? Um, it it basically happened during university because I had uh, this uh, mentor. That is this guy was my teacher. Yeah, and is this is still teaching? And uh, he his name is Giorgio Camuffo. Uh-huh. And <laughs> he's such a very funny Italian person. name. <laughs> so yeah, super Italian. <laughs> and at the time he was also head of the communication department at Fabrica. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's maybe you heard really of cool it. place, yeah. It's a very cool place, uh founded by um, Benetton, that is like a, a, a brand. And, yeah, uh, the uh, the closing brand, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, basically, like during those years, there were a bunch of uh, international people coming to the town where my university was also based. Uh, and so uh, Giorgio Camuffo built this bridge, this connection between Fabrica and the university. Okay. So I had the chance to meet a lot of illustrators, a lot of creatives. And uh, he, was, he, Giorgio, was the first one that showed me that uh, living out of illustration was possible. You know, like sustaining yourself, doing illustration was a way of living, was a yeah, possible yeah. way of living. And so I was not sure about taking that path, but uh, something, you know, ring the bell in my brain. It or, really convinced <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But after university, I was uh, so lucky because I started working like two days after graduation for another uh, designer, that is Aldo Cibic. He's uh, like an artic- uh, architect okay. and product designer. He worked with the Sotsas at uh, Memphis. It was like this crazy 80s-style uh, design collective. And uh, he, he, Aldo Cibic, uh, uh, founded uh, like a creative uh, research center oh. in uh, Vicenza, and I was working for him as a graphic designer. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But what sort of thing were you designing there? At the beginning, it was just regular graphic design, like uh, layouts for presentation, yeah. or like small brochure, you know, like. Uh, uh-huh printed matter but then after a while we started to work together and I was doing an illustration for product design that means like uh, patterns for uh, wallpapers yeah. or maybe carpets yeah, uh, that's really cool yeah well, it was really cool and then I uh, was you know like decorating furniture but the thing was that uh, it was I mean don't get me wrong I own, I own him a lot and uh, yeah. We still are very close, but at, at a certain point I decided to move on because uh, I was basically mocking his style. Yeah. So it's, it's like, um, I just felt <laughs> wrong. And uh, so I decided to move on and to start my solo career. And uh, at that time I was 24, 25. So I went to, I decided to move to Venice because uh, I also had, um, I, I won a, a, an artistic residency in Venice for one year. So I had the free atelier there mm-hmm. and uh, I 
started to work as a freelancer and I was um, during that time I founded a publishing house uh, an independent publishing house about fanzines uh, and uh, yeah, that was called uh, uh, Automatic Books uh-huh. and, uh, and it got kind of famous because uh, I mean it was still something very new and uh, we were printing like uh, mostly like a photograph photography books yeah from uh, independent photographers so it was like it was a theme and we also had like uh, an editorial fair like an independent uh, publishing fair uh-huh. in venice so i mean it was like a i was in venice for four years after chibich and it was quite a prolific time uh-huh and uh yeah and you, yeah you kind of were in an environment that was very dynamic and vibrant i think yeah, yeah. it was a real uh, network of creative uh, and uh, maybe because the scene in venice was so little it was so easy to get together <laughs> and uh yeah that's that's when i started to do illustration as as um as my main job so did you um did you have a portfolio and you started contacting our directors uh how do, how did you start getting jobs in the beginning at the beginning it was just i was just uh, was building my portfolios my, my portfolio out of uh, you know uh, illustration for friends there is an helicopter passing by by the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's okay that's okay yeah and uh, basically, I was just doing things, uh, so you were, for friends. Yeah, you were yeah. building it out of personal pieces in the beginning? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was uh, just personal pieces. And then I started to get in contact with agencies. Uh, but I have the feeling now I can say that uh, maybe it was a bit too soon. <laughs> uh, get, that you got into contact with agencies yeah. too soon? Yeah, because it was like... Um, you know, my portfolio was not so rich, uh, and uh, sometimes uh, I was not really able to convey my ideas into drawings. Maybe I shut the window. There <laughs> yeah, because there's a dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's not your dog. No, it's not. Unlikely not. I would love to have one. <laughs> Maybe I also close this door. Yeah, so... Yeah, so it... it in the beginning, you just kind of sent your portfolio to people in, mostly in Italy or everywhere? I, I, also, I also tried a bunch of uh, agencies uh, around Europe. Mm -hmm. But it was like most of them, they were not even answering me. Yeah. And it was so sad and I felt horrible. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I remember that once I was in Paris for a personal reason and I set up a meeting together with an agent there. Yeah. And uh, I was showing him my poor portfolio and uh, he was the agent of very famous uh, illustrators uh, like uh, Jean-Julien, uh, Olympia Zagnoli. And uh, so this guy yeah. was pre pretty well known in the in the field and so i went to him and i showed him uh, the portfolio and he said okay please come back in four or five years because now it's not 
it's not professional. It doesn't look professional right that's now. That's what he said to you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of hard to hear. Yeah, it's very hard. But it really, I think it gave me the push to, you know, to take my job uh, more seriously yeah. and to invest more time and energy in this and uh, also to look around and uh, to see what was working at the time, what was the right style, right? So it just made me more active. So was, did he tell you exactly what what made it not professional in his eyes? He's like, uh, he told me that uh, the, he could tell that there were, there, was, there were not so many concepts behind the illustration. Oh, okay. So yeah, he was focusing I, more on like the concepts, the ideas? Yeah, he wanted, wanted to have concepts. But the thing is that at the time I was basically working most of my time as graphic designer. Yeah. And so illustration were like uh, just, you know. Kind of purely decorative and graphic, right? Yeah. Yeah, purely decorative. And also, I don't know, they were, they were so immature. That's the mm. thing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, but I, I gave it a try. I mean, that's the thing. You should always give it a try. Well, I think you can only grow from doing that because yeah. you can't just start and have a mature style. Yes, exactly. So, and, and, and uh, so was your style in the beginning similar to what you have now, but less refined or, or did it change dramatically, you know? No, the style was basically very similar. I was always, uh, I, I always liked uh, my line to be clear and yeah. graphical. And kind of pretty thick, bold lines, right? Yeah, pretty thick, bold lines. I was not using so much colors. They were mostly black and white. So uh, they were all hand drawn. Now I don't really do and draw stuff anymore yeah and uh uh but i mean y my drawings were maybe too cute sometimes. oh yeah and so I, and i i remember at the beginning was uh i was always uh, doing stuff for kids yeah yeah because uh I was doing cute drawings and then something changed. Maybe it's just because I grew up. Mm. I grew up, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I started to have my own opinion, opinions and everything. Yeah, I was 24, 25 or so. I was a bit, still a bit uh, in the process of uh, building my own style and uh, yeah. Yeah. And you know, take a position, like take a strong position. Yeah. It, especially when you draw like people, I think in the beginning, it's hard to make them look grown up almost sometimes yeah. depending yeah. on the style, but yeah. Um, they can seem kind of like kids. Um, exactly. And, uh, I'm sorry, I'm always say exactly, but, uh, it's my, <laughs> <laughs> it's your words. Yeah. Yeah, it's my word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now you you have a big portfolio, but now do you create your work by hand? Or like, how do you usually work once you get an assignment? Do you, do you sketch by hand and then go into the computer? 
Um, at the beginning, when I first get an inquire, I always start by hand, but uh, I, I can assure you the drawings I do are very rough, like primitive uh, mm-hmm. drawing. Yeah. It's just because I use them just for myself, just to fix ideas on paper. Yeah, like and, getting uh, broad ideas of the composition and the idea. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but I, I, I really have to go through this mm. because if I start directly on the iPad or my Cintiq, it's it doesn't feel natural. I don't know why. Yeah, I I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah, and so and after that, I just basically redo the sketch on my laptop and in a, on Photoshop or whatever. And then uh, I start layer after layer finalizing the thing. And uh, of course, there is in between a phase of, uh, you know, showing the sketches to the client, yeah. getting feedback, uh, adjust things. And, Do uh, you, you usually show a sketch that's kind of a more refined version that you've uh, worked on in Photoshop? Or do you show the very rough sketches? Uh, it's like uh, something in between, mm. very rough and refined. Yeah, it's uh, they are better than what I draw for myself. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, they are not very refined. Yeah, uh, I say I say that for a sketch for an art director, I spent like uh, twenty minutes, maybe fifteen minutes to do a sketch per sketch. Yeah. Yeah, per sketch, yeah. yeah. Do you put any colors or anything? Because I know a lot of people say that you shouldn't because then the art director might get fixated on small details. Um, yeah, this happens. But some uh, I usually pitch like uh, black and white sketches, but if the change of the color is basilar to convey a concept, for example, mm-hmm. Uh, then I use some color and then I write, uh, I mentioned in the email, like, uh, please don't mind the color. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, temporary and uh, it's going to be changed. Uh, and uh, But uh, most of our, direct- our directors are very familiar with this and so yeah. they are fine with it. And uh, yeah. So, they and then be- do you usually give them, how many options do you give art directors usually? Uh, for editorial pieces, it's like uh, I'm always around the free options. Yeah. And uh, for example, I did an illustration for the New Yorker. The first, the first illustra- illustration I did for the New Yorker. Yeah. I had uh, so many ideas, uh, and uh, it was the first time I was working with them. Uh-huh. And I was so much enthusiastic about yeah. the article and the clients and everything. Understandably, because the New Yorker yeah, is a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. And so I sent them like uh, six different sketches, and I wrote them. <laughs> hey, sorry guys, I'm too much uh, too excited. <laughs> yeah, too excited to do this job. I have so many ideas, and uh, I don't usually do that, but. Uh, yeah, and it, and it, of course, it also depends on deadline and how much time do you have to show sketches. Yeah. And uh, there was quite, you know, the deadline was not so tight. So it was, it was a reasonable amount of time to do the illustration. And yeah. that is nice. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So you said you 
you do your work mostly in Photoshop. You don't use Illustrator or anything like that, right? Uh, only if required. Yeah, if you need to make something that can be scaled up and exactly. Yeah, and exactly. and you animate some of your work as well, right? Yeah, uh, but the the thing is that I'm doing animation together with uh, Lorenzo. Okay, that that is my boyfriend. Okay, so it's and, a collaboration, uh, really, between you and him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we are having so much fun in doing it, and uh, yeah. we also want to make this thing a, a bit more, you know, bigger. But now everyone has his own career, so it's like uh, sometimes they, when they call me to do animation, I just ask him to animate stuff for me. And uh, he's also, he's, he's, he's always so nice to work with animators in general yeah. because they have uh, a completely, they know how to give life to things. Uh, and uh, he always has like this, you know, very small, he said this, just more touches to the yeah. thing, but somehow it, it communicates better. Yeah. The idea of uh, this guy being sad, being happy, being active, being lazy. So, Do you yeah, find that that's something that publications are asking more of now? Because I definitely see like on, for example, the New York Times website, they have a lot mm -hmm. of animations now as opposed to just still images. Mm. Sorry, I think it's something that really goes well on social. Yeah, like Instagram and. Uh, but do you think course, as a trend that people are asking you more for that or no? Uh, I think uh, this comes from a trend. Yeah, I mean having like a video content and uh, animations yeah. on Instagram on the social is busy right now. I mean we are always at the mobile and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're asking it a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm doing like not all of my drawings, but a good part of them are going to, are animated, uh, maybe by someone, not especially from Lorenzo, but. Uh, so sometimes uh, they ask you for a still, um, uh, with the purpose of animating it later. Yeah, uh, with layers and uh -huh, stuff. Uh -huh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's interesting, yeah. And I wonder also if they actually compensate more when you're doing animation. Uh, like the the real animation? Like uh, if... Uh, yeah, like if you work with Lorenzo, for example. Yeah. Do they, comp do they tend they compensate. to compensate for two people working on it? Yes. Yes, they do. Yeah. Okay. Yes, they do. I mean, uh, it's not really even. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, they tend to do to give like 60, 40 or 70, 30, 70 for the illustration and 30 for the animation. Uh -huh. Yeah. And that's because basically <laughs> the animation are also very simple. It's nothing very complicated yeah, yeah. because they have to be light and uh, they don't, uh, you know, they, they have to work also in re reduced size. Right. Yeah. So. They tend to be something very simple. Yeah. Um, so your images have a lot going on usually. I mean, you have you, you have a very conceptual approach. I know you said that in the beginning, maybe that wasn't so. But, um, mm -hmm. but 
I, I know how hard it is to come up with ideas for how to connect things. How do you usually do it? Like, do you have a process or um, things that really help you when you, do, when you get an assignment and you're trying to generate ideas? Um, the process is very, um, it's not a real process. I have mm -hmm. tricks that helps me, that help me a lot. And I'm gonna tell you later, uh, but sometimes it's just spontaneous. I mean, you're reading an article and the idea just come to your mind. But when, when I'm really struggling, yeah. I do have these tricks that is like reading, for example, for editorial stuff, but this can also be working for, uh, be used for a commercial, yeah. for a commercial commission. Uh, I always uh, point out like uh, keywords. Yeah. And uh, I try to visualize an object for every key keyword. Yeah. That, uh, and then I try <laughs> to imagine a situation where these two objects, uh, or I don't know, two colors, uh, an object and, and uh, a person or an environment, they are representative of the keyword. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> and I try to put them together. That's the way. I force, sometimes I use this. Yeah, if you, if you don't have an idea right away, you use this yeah. technique to try to get some symbols or, yeah. Yeah, and also sometimes, I mean, it happened to me a couple of times that the article was so difficult to, was very hard to find a, a visual solution Like maybe for it. it's a little bit drier or, yeah. Yeah, or maybe the concept uh, is like uh, just so hard to visualize. Yeah, and yeah. That that's where the art director is fundamental. Basically, like uh, you can ask them to help you in this process sometimes, and uh, it's and uh, I really think that work it's working together with another person that can guide you. Uh -huh. It's uh, really uh, important, and uh, it's uh, of course this doesn't happen very often because it's you are the one that have to come up with ideas. But when it happened, uh, it was very you know stimulating for me. Yeah, but do you so, have to do you have to ask for it for in order for it to happen? Uh, basically, when you go through, it happened to me once when I was doing like uh, one of my first commission for the New York Times. Uh -huh. so maybe it was just, it was also because I was scared of the client, such a bold name. Uh -huh. you know? Yeah. And, and I was uh, intimidated. Yeah. Yes. Very shy. So I was pitching ideas and uh, when I when we did the, like two rounds of ideas after a while, the guy told me, yeah, why don't you think about this? And, uh, Oh, so he, he gave you a direction, a kind of, yeah, he yeah, gave me, it gave me that time was just a suggestion. Uh -huh. Like, why don't you focus on this part on the, of the article? And the idea came up and, uh, it's, uh, yeah, if, <laughs> I don't know if there is some uh, art director listening, I would say thank you because I, I really think that really they, they help you and they, they have made me like a better artist, I also think. So. Yeah. 
Well, they're kind of more removed from it. So I think they see things that maybe when you're trying to illustrate something, you don't see them necessarily because they're just a little bit like they almost have like a, a higher level view um, of everything. Yeah. So it can be really helpful too because you're stuck in doing your own thing. So it's, yeah. you know, it can be refreshing, but um, yeah, it, I don't know. It's, um, it's tough editorial work because it relies so much on concept um, mm -hmm. and you don't want to be too literal with the concepts because you know you can illustrate very literally something um but it's not so interesting of course um and i think you you do a really good job at not being too obvious with it you know not being too literal with something um yeah but it's my it's still legible every, you know yeah yeah it's my everyday challenge to <laughs> do it <laughs> it's like uh it's a real, uh, it's a challenge. Yeah. And it's also, um, sometimes I find when I try to illustrate concepts that um, you put mm. too many symbols. And if you put too many symbols, you're like drawing everything in the article. Uh, and um, sometimes it's better to just do like focus on a few and their relationship instead. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, so if you're like drawing like technology, you don't need to put like an, an iPhone, a computer, a TV, like you like you yeah. kind of get it. <laughs> so it's, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's probably like an amateur move to, to put too much, you know, mm -hmm. um, it can be hard to like find the minimum that you need to put in order for it to be legible. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Another thing that I wanted to say is also that you always have to be ironic about things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I, when I do a drawing, it, it's always like, first of all, I try not to think about the client because otherwise I get intimidated, as I, as I said to you. And also then I try to conceptualize and then I try to be funny and ironical about things. Yeah. Sometimes if I tell myself to be funny, I think I'm not funny. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's just me. But I feel like sometimes if I try too hard to make a joke, it's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. This happens a lot to me in real life, uh, but I tend not to care too much about uh -huh. it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know, like for you, I imagine that you would describe your style as pretty minimal. I don't know if you would. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I think this comes from my experience with the product design. Or, yeah. Yeah. Because it's like a... Um, I really like the thing that, uh, okay, this is a bit of a jump, <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, I, I always, I love design because I love when an object really stick to its function. Yeah, yeah. The shape sticks yeah. to the function. And uh, since I'm not uh, a very good illustrator, I mean, I, I'm not very good at drawing at the end, <laughs> and I'm also a bit lazy. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I, I don't have 
too much patience. I w- I'd rather, you know, convey like an idea instead of, uh, you know, creating something beautiful really with a lot of touches. And uh, Well, I think so, there's beauty in doing that too. Um, yeah. But, but it's, a, it's different. a different process, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever do you ever worry about uh running out of ideas and uh just not coming up with anything or Yeah, it's my constant <laughs> worry. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a it's a something very present in my mind. Mm-hmm. I, I just try not to think about it too much. Yeah, yeah. Has it ever happened that you've had to abandon a commission because you didn't come up with an idea or has it never happened to you and it's just a fear that you have in your in your mind? No, I mean, uh, there are like, uh, for example, I was doing literally the, the other day a job and the job uh, is like uh, eight different illustrations. Yes. Yeah. So. And uh, one of them, uh, I pitched so many sketches, and at the end, the art director just said, okay, just, uh, I don't know, there's something that doesn't work here, just throw me this with that, and uh, we're going to be fine. And it was okay, because, I mean, when you're doing editorial stuff, yeah, it's like a two or three days, and uh, and... I mean, they, it's, sometimes they just want you to, sometimes I have the feeling with, uh, especially with the spot illustrations, yeah. since they are spots, they just want to fill the gaps. Yeah. <laughs> between yeah, they're not focusing so much on the concepts. As, yeah. yeah, and so they want to have something nice and direct and uh, easy to read. So basically like... Uh, trying to force it too much into concept doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can never say it also depends on the art director you find. Yeah. Because there are some art directors that are fine with everything. Yeah. And so there are some others that are the tough ones. They, they are also the, the nicest uh, to work with. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, but uh, some, some people are like, uh, okay, just... Do whatever you want. Uh, we need to feed this space. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the New Yorker has those like spot illustrations that are like that yeah, follow, follow the, a theme, right? They do. Um, so yeah. they are more like based around concepts, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, the art directors there—they are very tough. Yeah, and they and you did I some sp- spots for the New Yorker. You did like it was like around yeah. robots, right? And AI or yeah. something, yeah. Yeah, for example, for that job, we went through three rounds of sketches. For those little spots, yeah. Yeah, because the thing at the beginning was like, uh, they gave me like total freedom of decide uh, of pick like the, the kind of uh, concept yeah, so or, what was uh, the, the brief for that? Was it even just like... Yeah, it, was, it was, was very, very messed up because the initial uh, brief was like, uh, take the concept you like and just build the set out of it. Oh, so, so 
they didn't even give you the theme of the robots or no okay no, this came after a while okay <laughs> this came up on the at the, the third round oh yeah and sketches. also because this was like a special issue right it was like an yeah. innovation issue I I don't know what was wrong with this, but I think my feeling was that they wanted to have the set and they thought about using it for a random issue. Uh, and then they had this uh, issue and they felt like, uh, and they saw something in my set that reminded them about the innovators issue was. Yeah, so they one. decided it was going to be a good fit for that one. Okay. Yeah, and so they took an element of the set and they say and they said, Okay, let's took this and let's build another whole set starting from this. So, so were, what was the theme that or the concept that you'd come up with initially? Was it the theme way uh, I'm checking also on my computer because uh the theme was that do you mind uh, hearing these sounds of you know, keyboard. Oh, it's uh, okay. Yeah. It's okay. So. Because it's really interesting to me how they even do those series. I, I think those those spot illustrations are, I think they do it really well because of the way that they have a theme every, uh, every time they have these spots. So you see them throughout mm -hmm. the magazine and you're like reminded every time of, oh, this is another one that's playing on this concept. I just really like yeah. that, and it's unique to the New Yorker. But I always wonder how they decide the theme, if the illustrator has freedom to decide the theme um, and kind of play with it, or if uh, the art directors are deciding that. Because um, it seems very free for some reason. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it seems very free, and also they, I mean, since they are so small, yeah, they have to give you the idea what's going on very... Quickly, quickly yeah yeah and it's uh yeah i also love it i'm just looking at you know all the emails and uh <laughs> yeah now i see so the first i i i pitched two two different uh sets the first time uh-huh one was about time uh-huh and the other one was about springtime oh okay i uh, wait wait and there was a third one wait now i see that was about travels. Oh, like, okay. So there were like I I I I was pitching like a few like free illustration per set. Yeah. And uh, so I showed them to to the art director, and she said, and she saw one inside of the springtime set. Uh huh. And. Uh, I don't know if I can say this in a podcast. I think it's going to be fine. And she was like, so let's do, let's build a, a completely new <laughs> set based on uh, spring, uh, springtime uh -huh. plus in, innovation. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, uh, <laughs> but I did it. And I did a whole set about like the clash of, uh, flowers and uh, innovative stuff and uh, that's kind of interesting yeah and and the set has quite a few of the flower it has two at least with flowers yeah, in it. yeah yeah but yeah but wait uh, so i came up with this new set of spring plus innovation and 
of course, it was not working. It was way too complicated. Yeah, it's a little bit of a complicated mix of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so she took one of those uh, that was with a robotic arm uh, pulling um, some Oh, petals. the pedal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say petals? Yeah. Petals? Yeah. And uh, she, she took that one and she said, okay, let's do all the set about robotic arms and doing stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so from that one image, yeah, it was rebuilt again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that one, this one was very, it, it was, you know, it was a bit, uh, it was a bit, uh, it was a bit struggling. Yeah, yeah. anxious. I'm, I'm sure yeah. you were anxious during that time because it's, yeah, it's the New Yorker. So yeah. <laughs> the stakes are... <laughs> Are high, yeah. Uh, yeah. You've also done quite a, a few. Um, uh, you've done you've done a lot of work with Monaco. It looks like, and they're one of my favorite mm -hmm. magazines. Um, yeah, yeah. They're. Uh, I think their use of illustration is always so so beautiful. Um, yeah. How did you come to work with them? Did you contact them, or did they contact you? Or um, so I think that there was the. Um, my agency in between. I'm working with an Italian agency. Okay, so it came through your agency. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they they got to know my portfolio thanks to the agency, and uh, they got in contact with me, and uh, we worked together like uh, three, four times. Yeah. 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 That's that's really cool. Um, it they're definitely sort of pioneers in the in the magazine yeah. world. Yeah. And also with that, they are very um, present in the process of giving feedbacks. And, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And it's funny because it's uh, not that many illustrators work with them, actually. I mean, they're very selective about who they work with. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why, but it's, it's interesting. Yeah. They have a specific style that they want, I think. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, it's like the, you know, like, it's a magazine that has a lot of uh, micromanaging, mm -hmm. even with the graphic design, yeah, symbols, yeah. Uh, like typefaces, uh, I mean, nothing, uh, it's, it's very under control, yeah. and uh, it's so nice, the result is so high, yeah, and yeah, it uh, is. it's like, and it, it always uh, has been like this since they came out. Yeah, very, very um, refined and polished all the time. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Do you have a favorite client that you've worked with, or is that hard for you to say at this point? It's hard for me to say, but uh, working for the New Yorker was a uh, was an experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's something you want to have as an illustrator, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also very nice because I always have the feeling that uh, when I'm working with them, I just started working with them actually. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, I had the feeling that all the art director meet uh, with the, every art yeah. director has uh, a different uh, illustrator works with a different illustrators so they basically share all the illustration together and so everyone decides because I got email from other art director 
that were working at the New York and say, oh, by the way, I saw your set of icons. It's so cool. And um, yeah, so, so and, and they're responsible for different sections, right? Usually or kind of like at the New York Times, right? Uh, at the New York Times, I don't. Uh, every art director is responsible for a, a section. Right. But they don't talk each other. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. The New Yorker is more like they meet after they collect all the drafts. Yeah, that's right. Because I I interviewed Hannah Cayley, who's a, an art director at the New York Times. I think she described more of a like they meet within their section, but not necessarily yeah. the whole because there's yeah. so many sections that it would there are so many it would be sections. very difficult, I think, for them to all meet and discuss that. But uh, yeah. yeah, 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 it's like uh, it's the New York Times. Uh, it's it's just huge. And, yeah, uh, I worked uh, a lot for them uh, for different sections, and the biggest work job I did for them uh, is uh, like this crossword campaign. Yeah, that was out like last year. Yeah, no, on January, and um, and of course for that I think it was like a it was like a campaign where you had posters and uh, stuff in the subway and yes, yeah, very extensive kind of very extensive uh, and uh, and it was a a commercial commission for the New York Times. Yeah, which is was unique in its own. Yeah. Yeah, there it's something very unique, and and they don't do it's something very new they do. Uh huh. Like also having this uh, game section, uh huh. Like, uh, and uh, and it, it it's much more delicate, uh, I guess, also for them because you basically have to get involved, the marketing team, uh, like the developer team. So it was uh, a different kind of like experience i bet working on that kind of campaign as opposed to yes. editorial work yeah yeah completely different uh i was uh, so lucky because the team uh, you know like were not too much controlling yeah and uh they, they were trusting me a lot because I, i'm working with them since a couple of years with the and new york times so in general or New York Times crossword. Oh, you had been working with that team in particular for a while? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. Because uh, first it started with uh, an editorial piece yeah. on the New York Times website about crossword. Then it developed into oh, I see. a series of editorial pieces and then to another small frame for the app of New York Times crossword, like the mobile app. And then it turned out to be like this campaign, and um, and uh, what I wanted to say that uh, it was they were trusting me a lot, so they gave me like freedom of. Basically, they said uh, you have to build a family of characters, and I just came out with ideas, and most of them they were, oh, they were okay with most of the ideas I had. Mm -hmm. And uh, we developed the whole uh, set of animation and uh, and they did the, the copy, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's so you were involved in developing the copy as well. No, 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 no. no okay, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you because you've had so many different. I mean, it's kind of unique that you have. Um, you have 
a decent collection of commercial work in your portfolio, um, not mm. just editorial. Not that editorial is lesser or anything like that, but it's interesting because the two are often not intermixed, I think, in illustration mm. portfolios. I mean, it happens sometimes, but there's people who focus more on commercial illustration and people who focus more on editorial. And I think you probably would say that you focus more on editorial, right? But yeah, that's what I like the most. Yeah, yeah. But you have quite a few other projects that are kind of outside of that um, yeah. that niche, which is kind of interesting. But I was wondering if throughout your career, I mean, from the time you began, um, if you've ever had to reach out to people to get jobs or if you've mostly uh, relied on agents and, and, you know, being contacted after people see your portfolio or your pieces, you know? Yeah, it, it has been a mixture, a mixture of things. Like a, a, if I really wanted to work with a specific client, yeah. uh, I would reach out. Him, so you do that sometimes, yeah. But uh, most of the time, it's just with editorial stuff, like strictly editorial. Most of the time, it's like uh, they get in contact with me directly, yeah. And my agency is not involved uh, except from a uh, monocle, uh, yeah, uh, is is uh, Esquire or like you know, this big uh, publication, yeah, yeah. And uh, about more about like lifestyle, yeah, yeah, and uh, friends and everything. But like for press, like the New York Times, they get in contact with me. But for example, I reached out to a couple of people here in New York because here, for example, I'm I'm more by myself and I have to build up the network because. Uh, because you had more European clients before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so how, I mean, how have you been kind of approaching that? Um, I, I'm, uh, I'm basically just writing an, an email. Yeah. Every, every time, of course, it's different because, of course, I want to do different uh, things with the client. Yeah, of course, you don't want to send like a template or anything like no. that. <laughs> yeah, a mass email. No. Yeah, <laughs> dear art director. Yeah, the other yeah. AD. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, um, I mean, I, I try to be very spontaneous and I always tell the people, look, I just came here to New York. Uh, yeah. And I uh, really want to build up my network and uh, I really like what you're doing. And I really try to be transparent yeah. and, uh, you know, to give them uh, a taste of the. Uh, enthusiasm that I have right now. Yeah. Do you find that you get a lot of responses or not so many or, you know, what has been your experience with that kind of stuff? Uh, they, uh, I usually get responses mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I'd say that some of them uh, they just answer that uh, they're gonna keep my uh, portfolio. Yeah, yeah. The work is the work is interesting, which of course and, uh, is kind of a mysterious answer because sometimes yeah. that doesn't mean that they'll <laughs> ever commission you or anything. It's you know saying yeah. like I'll keep you in mind is kind of a vague <laughs> answer. Yeah. 
Sometimes yeah. it can materialize, but it's hard to tell um, from it's that. It's hard to tell, yeah. yeah, how it will go. But sometimes it's like, uh, I'm very surprised because they just show up like the week after saying, oh, yeah, I got a piece for you. Oh, really? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's so, so much. Do you ever follow yeah. up with people that have said they'll keep you in mind and you no, haven't heard from them? No, not really. No, you but don't do very that? No, but... Uh, I'm very bad at this. I'm like uh, the worst person. Yeah, I totally get it. I, I'm very anxious <laughs> about email. I don't like emailing at all. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's it's for me, I don't know why it's so, it makes me so anxious to have to email someone. But I mean, to me, it's not the, the medium in itself. It's not the email. It's just... Oh, I would feel just as nervous with a phone call, but... Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know, it's like... And also because most of the time I really don't have time to do this. I would rather go yeah. in the park and have a walk instead well, of Well, you have writing. time, but you would love to do something else. Yeah, yeah, or read a book. Yeah, or yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, it's not what I aspire to be doing with my time either. But yeah, it's, yeah, it feels very draining also sometimes, even if the emails are relatively simple. And I don't really yeah. know why, but yeah. Somebody, um, an, a illustrator that was on the show told me that he um uh leon edler he he was saying that he takes two days every like like three months or two months to do just emails like that um oh my god because that's a lot because that way he doesn't have to think about it the rest of the time like he knows he does his outreach or whatever on these two yeah. days and he doesn't like during those two days, he tries to make it like he doesn't have to do other work. He does just this. And I don't know, that sounds like a good solution, but. Um, it's a good solution. It's a good, uh, for example, for me, I do have uh, um, every week I write down a, a to do list. Yeah. And uh, I divide uh, the, the sheet of paper in different, different areas. And I do have this area. That is, people I should get in contact with. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and this part of the list is, you know, it keeps growing and growing. Yeah, and because growing. what I used to want to do and it never worked out was um, I would say to myself, uh, this, this week I'll email 10 people or something like that. But mm. that was really impractical and very draining because every week feeling like you have to reach a quota is not particularly like i don't know no. I, it wasn't nice <laughs> yeah for example to me like when i came here to new york uh, it was uh, uh i was here in july and july is to me i don't know uh, it's like even i'm already busy with a long-term project uh, but usually july is not a lucky month for me mm -hmm. in my own experience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I had this month to do network. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I said to myself, Elena, you should really <laughs> force yourself and go out and see one person. Oh, so uh, like see people in person? See people, like uh, two people a week. Uh, so like show up at offices or? No, no. They, they could also have been like uh, other illustrators yeah. or like... Yeah. Uh, and uh, I was, uh, I, oh, I love to meet people. I love people. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, um, 
I'm very social, social, sociable. Social, person. yeah, yeah, yeah. Social, social is fine, yeah. I love to get to know other creatives and everything, but uh, I don't know. I just felt that it, this was a bit. There's a lot of pressure for if if yeah. it has to be two people a week. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, so basically, when I come back, when I came back from my family trip. Uh, and I came to New York, uh, and I said, uh, okay, then I have to start again. <laughs> I was so happy that so much work came in mm-hmm. that we keep me busy <laughs> yeah, yeah. for the rest of the month. So you don't have so, to network, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I will always network, but in a more spontaneous way, yeah, you know, yeah. going to an event, uh, having a beer with someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, in a very spontaneous way, not writing to people. Yeah. Okay, can we get out? Uh, we can we meet and stuff. Yeah, it's but it's hard to find spontaneous ways of networking. Sometimes, I mean, um, mm. w- what type of events do you usually go to in in New York? Uh, I really like to. I'm um, I'm not in the into Porsche stuff too much. Into what? Uh, Porsche? Do you say Porsche stuff? Like, like uh, um, re, uh, like uh, I don't know, trendy things, uh, like trendy events. Uh, I'm I'm not the one that goes to an opening at MoMA. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Like, uh, yeah, like things that are a little bit maybe more like pretentious art, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't not do to, that. yeah, not always, but yeah, I I totally understand what you mean. Yeah, because here in New York, it's very, this scene is very loud. For example, when, when I was in Berlin, it was different because the contemporary art scene is smaller. Yeah. And uh, it's w- way more accessible. Yeah. And uh, here in New York, is something completely different. Yeah, well, they tend but, to be like superstars or, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so I'm more into like an event of... Uh, independent publishing houses or like uh, I don't know a small gallery that does a solo show of an illustrator that I really like uh, or um, uh, or event like uh, concerts but I mean in concert you cannot do network or maybe dinners I I, I love to also host people guest people uh-huh. at my place uh, and cook for them that's what also, I also do. Yeah. And so, for example, if uh, there is uh, an illustrator in town that I really like, uh, I'm saying, I'm just, you know. Try to have them over or something like that. Yeah, yeah. but in a very natural way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's it. Um, I think we're almost out of time, but I want to ask you one last question before we do um like rapid fire, quick fire questions at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's just um, based on your experiences working in commercial and editorial. What would you recommend an illustrator starting out today do mm-hmm. to stand out and to kind of build their own career? Do you have any advice, you know, that you would give people? Mm. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's it's a bit complicated. It is a complicated because, question because you don't know the particular situations for everyone. But yeah, I I, I would say just uh, okay. 
most of the people would have said, uh, okay, find your own style and go out yeah. there. Yeah. But that's not necessary. There are so many illustrators that, illustrators that just change their style. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's so much of a... <laughs> that's true. And uh, some people like to talk more about voice instead of style because style can yeah. change, but voice kind of stays the same or, you know. Yeah, and uh, it's very hard to, for me to tell someone, uh, oh, this is something that will work forever. I mean, if you feel necessary to change your style because you are just tired of Or you're things, growing or, yeah, yeah. You're growing, you are changing, you came to know other things, just do it, I mean. And, um, but my suggest suggestion right now would be like... Uh, uh, it's very hard to to say, but uh, first of all, do a good Instagram profile. Yeah, yeah. And don't take me as an example because I'm the worst. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know, I just missed <laughs> the the you know I was not really in. I I, I came to Instagram too late. Mm -hmm. Well, you can still do it. It's just harder now. Yeah. It's harder. I mean, yeah. it's like uh, I, uh, the other day I was uh, writing on Facebook that I needed uh, an assistant uh, to do a few stuff, a few things. And uh, there was people answering on, uh, me on Instagram and I was looking at the profile and there were 22 with uh, uh 22 years old with, uh, I don't know, 20,000 followers. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, but maybe I do the assistant for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I don't know, it's a bit unhealthy for me right now. Yeah, well, there's also some people that, you know, they you don't know how they got their followers, um, you know. Yeah, but it's, uh, uh, right now, I'm getting a lot of commissions through Instagram, like people writing right, yeah, me, yeah. like, oh, yeah, I saw your Instagram profile, can we work together? And uh, this is so, uh, it's nice because uh, I see that even if I put small amount of energy in it, there is something that works. Yeah. But it's also like, uh, I don't know, it's a bit sad. Yeah, yeah. But who cares? So I would just give this suggestion to like, to to not completely neglect instagram to to be kind of aware. Yeah, yeah and uh, and to be self-confident like really most of the people of the young illustrators that i know are very are just very shy you just mm. have to go out there and try and uh, you know just trust yourself and uh and if if it doesn't go with illustration, maybe you just have to slightly change your field. I mean, there are so many creative things to do in this life. Yeah, yeah. It's not just about illustration. You can also be a good uh, designer, good sculptor, good painter. Yeah. And uh, don't be obsessed about having the job, having that job, but you can always... You know, maybe do an illustration just for a small amount of time and then do graphic design. Yeah, yeah. I also believe that 
whenever someone has an artistic taste yeah or like an artistic approach to life that it's it transferable can, or yeah it's transferable into different uh, disciplines yeah, that is true and i mean you see a lot of illustrators doing things that are yeah. like expanding their practice very into into very different fields like yeah, yeah. and being always consistent you know yeah. it's like uh, it's nice <laughs> yeah yeah um so um to let's move on to some of the quick questions uh, mm -hmm. before we, we we end our conversation but um one of the questions that i had which is related to your uh, kind of traveling um is uh what's your favorite city uh it's very hard to tell yeah it is <laughs> Let's say <laughs> but, favorite city to live in, not to, yeah, like, yeah. To live in, mm -hmm. I'd say, uh, Berlin. Yeah. Berlin, it's, uh, it's not expensive. Yeah. Has a good offer of events, uh, directions. Has a uh, huge creative community. A huge creative community, very spontaneous. So you can have an opening. You can have your own exhibition very easily in Berlin. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a lot happening uh, in terms of creative. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot happening. But Berlin, it's Berlin, and it's not Germany. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's a totally different atmosphere, and uh, it's uh, yeah, it's. But at the same time, you have this very hard weather. Yeah, yeah, because you're closer to like Eastern Europe, and of course the winters are cold. pretty rough. Yeah, yeah, but uh, from uh, but <laughs> it's so funny that. Uh, Berlin is the exact opposite as uh, at at uh, as uh, Venice yeah. than Venice because Venice is so aesthetically beautiful and stunning and, and the weather is in, great and yeah the weather is great is great you always feel on holiday even if you are working like uh, ten yeah. hours a day and uh, but um, yeah it, and, and Berlin at the same time is so ugly. Mm -hmm. If you go outside of the historical center, it's very ugly because it's Soviet. I mean, there is a lot. I of, I uh, quite like it, but it's yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, it's it's, it's like pretty a, ugly. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a beauty and ugly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say, but it can feel sad. I know. I remember going to Berlin in the winter. Yeah, uh, and when it's all gray and just it did feel kind of sinister, almost like I'd love to have a Berlin scene. In, the, in a Venice yeah, yeah. background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely probably better yeah. in terms of like the weather and everything. <laughs> I would rather <laughs> yeah. live in Venice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing to draw? Uh, I really love to draw hands. Hands, and, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Me too, I, yeah. I love drawing hands. Hey there, folks. Unfortunately, at this point, Elena's internet connection cut out and the recording software I used wasn't able to record the final part of our conversation, with which was just a few more minutes. 
apologies about that. And uh, whenever possible, I noted some of Elena's suggestions for books and tools that we talked about uh, in those minutes in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at illustrationhour.com forward slash salsa x-a-u-s-a okay so that's it for the show this week thank you for listening and have a creative week